So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and today we are here with Sahara Rose. Sahara, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Julie. It's an honor to be here. Oh my goodness. No, the honor is all mine. Now you are just like everywhere. You were on Yoga Magazine this year. You wrote the book, Discover Your Dharma, as well as the Dummies Guide to basically Ashurveda. And I'm not going to say words right today. So please correct me if I don't say things right. But I know that so many of our podcast listeners listen to your podcast as well. And I'm just so excited to have you on the show. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You know, for the audience that doesn't really understand Dharma, talk to them about what that is and a little bit about your new book. Yeah. So the word Dharma is an ancient Sanskrit word, and this word has over 16 different definitions, but the most ancient one is really your soul's purpose. So to me, it is the big reason why you are here. It's not just what you do, but it's more why you do it and how you do it. So it's the unique magic sauce you're meant to share with the world, your energetic signature, the frequency that you were born on this planet to emit. So for example, someone's dharma may be to bring beauty to the world, or their dharma may be to connect women back to their hearts, or to bring people back connected to nature, eating from the earth, or channeling ancient wisdom, or combining two cultures, or understanding the world world deeply. So these are all different expressions of dharmas, which we can further define based off of your unique gifts. Now, underneath that dharma, there could be so many different jobs, roles you play, projects, careers, et cetera, but that's not what the full dharma is. So for example, someone whose dharma is to bring beauty to this world, they may have spent some time as a graphic designer and then an interior designer and then a hairstylist and then a wedding planner and then something else. And they may be kicking themselves saying, oh my goddess, why don't I have a purpose? I keep changing my mind. But actually the purpose really has been the same. They have been bringing beauty to the world through everything that they do. So in our Western world, we tend to think of our purpose as something very external. It's what we do out into the world for money, but that's not really what your dharma is. Your dharma can be a part of your career, but some people choose it for it to not be a part of their career, but it's really the frequency and the energy you carry, not just in what you do professionally, but in every single person that you meet, that special in- engagement that you give with them. You know, Some people have a beautiful way of making others feel seen and heard, or other people have such an organized mind. So these are all aspects related to our dharma. 
Yeah, I love that. Are you seeing too that a lot of people are bridging, like you were talking about all these different ways that people could bring beauty into the world and they're jumping maybe from different thing to different thing. But what the angels have been talking about a lot over the last couple of years has been we're bridging a lot. Whereas before it was kind of like, okay, if you're going to do this, like stay in your lane, but now things are fusing together. Yes, absolutely. And this is such an important thing. You know, I feel like we have two, two kind of types of people, trailblazers and traditionalists. So people who are traditionalists, they do really want to keep things the way that they have been. And we actually need that. We need like to hold on to cultures and specific ideas, et cetera. Otherwise we'll let go of it. However, we can't only have that because then we'll forget how to innovate you know, and so many people right now are being born on the planet to innovate, but they're afraid of who am I to do that? Or it's not supposed to be this way, or it hasn't been done like this before. And you may have been born to be a trailblazer. You are here to combine different traditions and teachings and to see the world from your unique lens. And I think a lot of us and myself, I identify more of the trailblazer but it can be hard because it brings up all of those stories of who am I to do this? You know, it's been like this for so long. I shouldn't question it. But if you have a desire to, and you have an actual way to improve it for a unique group of people, then that means it's related to your Dharma. Yeah. So talk to us about this too, because I've heard you talk about people being scared of success. And that is something that I see over and over again. Talk to people about that because that can really stand in people's way. Mm, you know, it's not so much the success that we're afraid of, but it's what comes with that success. Mm -hmm. So success may come with more responsibility. It may come with more eyes on you. You may have a story that the more successful I am, the less time I'll have for my friends and family or self-care. So it's really looking at what do I feel comes with success? What am I losing with success? And first of all, is that true? Can, Can we know it to be true? You know, and oftentimes it's, it's not, you know, the more successful you are, you know, yes, you will have more eyes on you, but does that mean more people will hate you? You know, not necessarily sure you'll be busier, but does that mean you're going to have less time to spend with your friends and family? Could it be that actually the opposite is true that you're actually to spend more time with your friends and family? So when we don't question our thoughts, we carry this group of surrounding thoughts over one tangible outcome. So we think if this outcome happens, there's all of these things around it that I'm too afraid to really think of and dissect. So I'm just going to not want that whole thing. You know, I'm going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. So, you know, and it's also even like looking at what does success mean to you? You know, our society says success is is receiving a certain amount of accolades and money and status and whatever else it is, but success for someone else may be moving to a cabin or to be off social media. Like that may be your highest form of success. Whereas for someone else, it could be to have a million followers. So I think it's defining what your unique version of success is at this stage of your life and what are the surrounding feelings and thoughts you have around it, especially those that you feel like are negative or things you're going to miss out on and then question all of those to be true or not. Yeah. And go deeper. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk about this because some of my favorite podcast episodes of yours are when you're just like, friends, here's what's going on. And you like, that's what I love about your podcast is you're not afraid to like really dish about what you're feeling and what you're going through. And that's a a lesson that I've had to learn as a healer too, is just as you go through your life, spirit is walking you through lesson after lesson after lesson. And one of the things that I really don't hear a lot of people talking about, but it's kind of the lesson that I'm like in at the moment is nobody talks about when you're up leveling, how there's growing pains to it. So talk to us a little bit about this because there's so many healers that listen to this podcast, Reiki energy healers, people in different sectors. I've heard you talk about before, like how that it hurts, right? And you're going to have pain either way, whether it's a stagnant pain or it's an upward growth pain. Help, Sahara, it hurts. Like the growing (laughs) pains, they hurt. Um, The business had like doubled in 2020 and then it doubled again within like the first three months of 2021. And and I know it's fantastic and I'm not complaining whatsoever. I'm so, so excited. But now you're like, wait, I have to be a CEO and hire and, and manage money and like what? Oh my God. We've had so <laughs> many hires like in the last month alone and, and it takes so much time to just run the business. Whereas I feel like I was so in this creative energy before. And listen, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to Ayurveda, but I heard a a podcast episode of yours where you're like, I've just been in Pitta and, you know, like I need to get into Kofa. How did you do this? I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goddess. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so interesting because we think like, okay, let's say you start for me, I start off as a blogger, you start off as a podcast, you start off as a Reiki healer, et cetera. And you just want to do that thing that you're doing, like writing, working with people, et cetera. It's, it's that thing that you just want to do full time. However, because of our society and capitalism and all the structures around it, there are all of these things we have to do now around it to support it. For me to be able to be on this podcast and share, there's all of these things in the back end that you have to do, you know, to even get someone to be at the place to be listening to this. There's all of these social medias and emails and and things that have had to happen. So we start wanting to just, you know, write all the time or work with people all the time. And then the more that we receive that, then our attention and focus starts to have to go to surrounding and supporting all of the things to even keep that thing afloat. Right. So then often what happens is we end up no longer even doing that thing with our time anymore. Like for me, I realized, wait, I'm spending my time managing a business. Wait, I went into this because I wanted to be a writer and now I'm spending my whole time managing a business. And now the books I'm reading are about like entrepreneurial organizational system and like hiring and like this and like setting things up. And I was, then I caught myself. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be this. Like I could have gotten a job if I wanted my direction and my energy to be this. And, you know, some people find their purpose in that. And then sometimes we have to catch ourselves and be like, wait, if I don't make a shift, I'm going to end up in another 
iteration of not living my dharma, you know, be, so it's this constantly rechoosing process that we have to do. It's not this one time, oh, I'm living my dharma game over. It's life will continue to throw you off of balance and, and say, oh, this is important. Oh, but if you don't focus on this, this is important. And the thing is, some of it is like, if you totally ignore it, then you won't be able to run a business. And even if you try to hire all the people, you won't know how to lead them. So there is a level of needing to learn about these things and business skill set, et cetera. However, it can reach a point that that becomes your whole life. Mm-hmm. That you're like, okay, if I don't make a shift, then something, something is, is going to have to give. So for me, you know, the biggest things that I realized were holding me back, I wrote down on a piece of paper, like, what are the things I really hate doing? And for me, it's like putting out fires, like anything related to technology, like changing my website from Wix to WordPress, like anything like that. It's just, it feels so 3D to me. It's not the highest use of my energy. Like these are the things I absolutely need to hand off in some sort of way. And then the things that do still excite me, which to me are of course my work, but even in a business, like I like marketing and writing, like I still write all of my emails and and anything that's direct to my my customer, I still want to be involved with. So I always say, start by the things that are like hurting or burning your hand the most and hand those things off. (laughs) And then as you go along, you can, you can continue to refine and refine and refine and then hire people who can support you in those other types of ways. And then eventually I hired an operations manager who was able to kind of do the management things like the checking in with all the people and keeping the ball rolling because I realized, you know, even if I had people writing the emails, it was still all coming back to me to check into this and to that. And I needed someone to be able to make decisions, you know, and, and that comes later on in your business. It's definitely a, a bigger hire and it's not even something I had until last year and I've been blogging for 11 years. So I went a long time without having that. However, it was the next level of opening up my time that I can now be just seeing things from a higher level perspective and noticing things that I wouldn't have noticed if I was so in the trenches the way that I used to be. I've got a few announcements. This month's winner of the drawing is Mackenzie Payne, who gets one free session with me. Email me a screenshot of your five-star positive review on Apple Podcasts, Google Business, or my Facebook page for your chance to win next month. Details are in the show notes. Friends, in the Angel Membership in June 2021, Archangel Raphael and I are teaching you Self-Energy Healing 101 and Chakras 101. You'll learn how to give yourself an energy healing session techniques to keep your energy clear, and how you can heal your own energy field. To join this course live or replay at any time, sign up for the Angel Membership Program today. Also, a new class of the Angel Reiki School begins on June 1st. Join this separate program to develop your unique spiritual gifts and become an Angel Reiki Master. I'm still offering private readings. To book one, sign up for our weekly angel email. Once a month, you'll get an email that contains a link to book your session online. One more thing, I am loving spending time with you live and answering your questions over on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. 
follow me on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new video content. Thanks for your support and for sharing this podcast with your people. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, and I kick myself too, because I've said things on the podcast before, like, you know, I can't believe some people charge X for this, you know, and how could they ever do that? And I'm really eating a lot of my words lately because I get it now of like, well, if you have a team of 14 different people or contractors working for you, you they rely on you for their families to put bacon on the table or, or you know, meal on the table. And I get it. Like, like, it's not as easy. It's not as clear cut as it looks from my older version of myself. And that's the beauty. I mean, even before I had an online business, I felt the same way. I was like, people are charging so much for coaching. Like, I don't understand it. Like, because back in the day, it was just me. I was a one-man show, you know? So it's like, to me, it's just like, oh, you're just adding a markup for whatever reason. But now I see, I mean all of these different, not only team members, but tools you get and this and that, it really all adds up. And then taxes on top of it that, (laughs) you know, it it definitely up levels. And and then, but then I always remind myself, like there are people who are doing it. And the further along I get, you know, I think with having a business, it's like, you're a solopreneur and then you kind of enter the ditch of like learning all of the different things, but then you find your way up again and you start to release and release and let go and let go. And now I finally have found myself on the other side that I am 100% focused on my Dharma at all times. Whereas before I was having to do all of these other things to support. So an affirmation I kept telling myself in this time was I receive the support I need so I can focus my energy on my Dharma. I literally like made a postcard. I would like put it around. I think I received the support I need so I can focus my energy on my Dharma. And the thing is there are other people whose Dharmas are to be in those different roles. Like there are people who love technology, who love organization, who love management, who love operations. Like we're actually depriving people from living their dharmas by us trying to do it all. Because first of all, we're not doing a good job. We're not even going to serve our customers, you know, to the fullest expression that we can. And we're holding back people from wanting to work for aligned companies and aligned content creators. Like their dream job may be to be on customer service emails too, because they love to connect with people or to help you expand your business and help it reach more people. There are people who want to do this, but sometimes we're so stuck in our heads and we think, oh, if I hate doing something, everyone must hate doing that thing. And that's not true because there are some people who would hate to be on a podcast and like have a conversation and not be prepared and not know what to say. Like this could be hell for someone else. So if each person could genuinely just do what they loved, the world would naturally come into balance. That's so true. And that's so beautiful. How have you kind of dealt with too? Because there's some things that are kind of contradictory, right? Like today was one of those days where I was just in my humanness and it was like one thing after another, after another. Um, I can't believe I'm admitting this on the podcast, but like I, it's been on my to-do list for forever. I had one bra break 
And let's say, so I have one bra and the dryer went out today. The bra was in the washer. So I'm like <laughs> wearing like a wet bra, you know, like that's what the type of day is. Archangel Zed Keel is an angel who we go to for surrender, release of just like coming back into oneness. And so I went to him and I was like, what do I need to do? What is it that I need to know? And he's like, just calm, right? I think I wanted today to be so perfect. I knew that you were coming on the show. When you have those human moments, how do you really come back into center? How do you come back into alignment? So horizontal time for me is everything. In human design, I'm a projector, so we especially need this, but I think every human does just to lie down. Like just get on the ground and lie down, be horizontal. I think just that it like recalibrates our frequency because when we're vertical, we're in this like doing, doing, doing like very humanist, very robotic. When you're horizontal, your body immediately goes into this place of receiving and surrender. And then I really focus on giving my weight to the earth. Like really not letting myself hold back. Sometimes we're like clenching our muscles. Like we don't want to give the world our full weight and we want to carry it all ourselves. And that's what manifests as shoulder and neck pain, bloating, constipation, which so many entrepreneurs suffer from. And they're like, oh, it's just my, you know, shoulder neck pain that I've always had and always will. And it's like, no, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. So lying down, even as much as I can throughout the day between things, I just lie down and stretching for me has been great. Or just like a foam roller, things to open up my body, the more open and relaxed my body is, the mind will follow that. And, you know, sometimes it's just not forcing it. Sometimes like, for example, if I'm writing and I'm, kind of at the end of the channel and there's just nothing coming through and I'm just trying to make it happen. And it's like, Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen you know, from mean girls. Like it's like that moment. And it's like, I'm trying to make fetch happen. God is like, just stop girl. It's not happening for you. And just let it go, you know? Maybe. And then, and then oftentimes I'll do something else. I'll take a shower. I'll take a walk. And then when I am not trying, the channel will come back on, but it's when we have this expectation for it, then it's like, okay, God, like drop me a good line. Then it's never going to happen. Yes. A hundred percent. No, I love that laying down. That was really interesting that you said that it's on my to-do list to look into human design as well, but I haven't gotten to yet. But when I was writing my book, so I wrote a book um, over like January, February, and I laid down for most of it. And I said, well, why am I doing this? And I laid down and I typed just kind of. How are you typing and lying down? I need this strategy. (laughs) I had a couple pillows behind me, but like pretty much, but you're right. There was like more of this open energy of it coming in. And I hadn't thought about that before. That's very fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I think we're finally realizing the importance of somatics and embodiment, and we can try to do all of the things in the mind, but really the mind is just a reflection of the body. So if we want our body to, if we want our mind to feel more open, we got to let our body feel more open. If we want our mind to feel more ease, we have to let our body feel more ease. And it's really going to be this reflection of the other. And it's hard to get a chaotic mind to stop, you know, like the more you try to do that and control it, the, the more you're feeding the ease ego and that's what the ego wants. So it's just to drop, you know, movement for me, just exercising. I love doing Pilates, something that's really like controlled and I'm focused on, you know, the minor movements of my body. It just gives me something to focus on that isn't like this thing that's out of my control. 
That's amazing. So go deeper into that because that's fascinating. And I love to hear you talk about this on your podcast, but the embodiment piece and that, you know, you can really, did you say kind of like train your mind to come into the state that you want it to through the way that the body is feeling. So if you change the way that the body's feeling, Mm -hmm. change your position. And it doesn't even require training. It's just how we're wired. So, you know, right now I invite listeners to put their hands on their hips, like the Wonder Woman pose, you know? Okay. And like stand your chest tall. Okay. So immediately, how do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Like that openness right in the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You feel more open, empowered, strong. Okay. Mm-hmm. In, in one in one second. Now, I invite listeners to be in the position you would be when you're on your phone, you know, when you're just scrolling like, away. Like this. Yeah. So yeah. imagine the phone wasn't there. Just keep that position. If I were to see you, what would I guess or judge about you right now if I were to see you sitting like this? Oh, yeah, totally. Like you're closed down, you're closed off, you know, you're probably not confident, really kind of hiding Yeah. So that is the asana. That is the practice we are doing all day, every day. Yeah. The unconfident hiding heart closed. We are in that yoga position all day long. So what is that creating for us? More of that energy. Exactly. We're telling our bodies, I am closed off. I am shy. I am timid. So our mind is going to reflect that. It's going to be closed off. It's not going to be seeing all possibilities. It's not going to be looking at all of the perspectives that are available for us. It's it's going to be shut off from the magic, you mm-hmm. know? So we go to a yoga class to even just do a pose for three minutes. And that pose changes us after three minutes. Imagine what 12 hours a day of doing one pose is doing to us. Wow. Gosh, that is just such a deep thought. Yeah. And it just makes us realize, you know, at at every single moment, what, what asana, what yoga pose am I practicing? Am I practicing an open, a heart open, expansive, creative one, or am I practicing a shut off one? And just to be aware of that, you know, like I try to throughout my day, stand up. Like I have a standing desk or I try to even be shimmying. Like as I'm, as I'm working to keep energy moving, or I call it work and twerk. I'll be like bouncing my booty and I'm working and doing things or not. If I'm, I'm lying down and I'm surrendering, but I'm always, you know, making an effort to put my body in a stance that is creating the energy that I want to be a part of at that time. Oh, I love that. I love that. So One of the things that I've heard you say too is, you know, that you're very kind of at the forefront of like what's coming next. You've got this book that just came out. You're doing all of these different things. What's next for Sahara Rose? Mm, Yeah. So, you know, the downloads that I have really been receiving are around joy. I, I have realized that we are in the most joy void time in human history right now. You know, the fact that if I put on social media that I'm joyful, that I'm celebrating, that I'm hanging out with my friends or I'm going to the beach, people will comment and say, how dare you? How dare you be joyful right now? You know, and and this is not just to me right now. It's like put a post about something going wrong somewhere in the world viral. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being brave. Put a post around you just being happy. Nothing even needs to happen. You're just happy. How dare you? You are insensitive. When the world is in a state like this, you're joyful. You're so cut off. Read the room, you know, 
If I were to wait for every problem in every part of the world to be solved, I will be waiting many, many lifetimes to be joyful. Yeah. You know, it has never happened ever. But why is it that right now we were like living our lives on hold? Like, oh, I can't, I can't smile. I can't move on. I can't live my dharma. I can't do all these things until something over there is fixed. But the thing is the moment that even that one issue is fixed, let's say it was the elections for someone or it's COVID or it's something happening in another part of the world. The moment even that thing is fixed, there's going to be something else to be worried about. So we're forever giving up our power and we're forever looking outside. And we're even, in fact, using it as a way to drop the responsibility that we have in this moment to begin creating our own realities. Mm -hmm. So you know, I don't want to live in a world that my children are afraid of sharing about their birthdays or their success because they're going to be seen as insensitive or, or you must be faking it. No one can be happy right now. If you're happy, you must be faking it. Like this is holding us back from the one thing that we are born to be. And that is joy. We are joy at our natural beings. We are joy embodied in human form. You know, as children, we don't need to do any work to be joyful. We don't need to do any work to be creative or imaginative or playful. It's just who we were. Even if we're sitting in a car, like watching other cars go by, we would come up with a game around it. But how can we've forgotten this, you know, we've forgotten the truth of who we are and in a, in a way think it's more mature or woke or better to, to devalue ourselves from joy. And, you know, my parents escaped from a country where basically joy is legal. Music is illegal. Dance is illegal. Celebrations are illegal. Gatherings are illegal. Art is illegal. All of these things are illegal. And that's why they escaped. But why are we recreating these conditions when we have freedom? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, it's really interesting that you talk about that because that's what, I don't know if you're familiar with like the angels, but there's the seraphim and archangel, well, not archangel, uh, Serafina is part of the seraphim. And then there's also archangel Gabrielle, but they all come in talking about this and about joy. So part of the thing that I do when I coach people is um, walk them through, Gabrielle will say all the time, Joy is the essence of your soul. And when you come back into that vibration, you're feeding yourself more and more of your own joy because a lot of empaths, one of the biggest things that they'll say first is, but Julie, I don't know how to come back into my energy. I don't even remember what my energy is because I've been out of it for so long. So they'll walk them through different joy exercises to come back in. The seraphim also say, and it's interesting that you work with purpose too, that your purpose isn't just like one thing. Like, yeah, like the mission statement is awesome. It helps you like keep focused on like where you're going, but your purpose, as I see it, is half your service, half your joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you yes. Yeah. I, I even have in the book that your Dharma is the intersection of your highest form of joy and your highest form of service. So absolutely yes, 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 on that same train with you, because, you know, growing up, I was an activist. I was the president of Amnesty International and I went to school to study international human rights and, you know, worked in many different countries from Vietnam to Nicaragua and doing basically on the ground human rights work. So I was like, 
die hard. We need to save the world. We need to be out there like super activist. Also coming from a background that my family were in child marriages and political prisoners, et cetera. However, I always thought I had to sacrifice to be of service that the person who sacrificed the most was the most helpful, like mother Teresa or Gandhi or Martin Luther King. So I always thought being joyful is selfish. How can we be joyful when there's all of these things going wrong in the world? And I had, it's a, called a savior complex that I have to save the world as if me as one human carries the entire responsibility of all of humanity. It's only on my back, you know? And it's like a lot of us feel like this, especially a lot of us who felt like we wish we had someone to save us as, as kids. Right. So we carry this feeling of like, I'll be the one to take the brunt and do it, you know? And it's like, why, like, why would the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, design it to be like this one mortal being has like all of the responsibility. Everyone else can be joyful, but not you, you know? And it's like, and it's really like, we watch these movies where that happens. It's like the fate of humanity is on Batman's shoulders. And we all have this idea of like, that must be me. And it's like, yes, one person can do so much, but also if you never even existed, the world would go on. Right. And that is a really hard thing for a lot of us to think, especially us who really do care about humanity so much, which I still do. But I had to come to the conclusion of even if I died tomorrow, like the world would be fine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to get ourselves out of our own stories because then I'm like, oh, wait, so it's not my sole responsibility to save the world. Maybe the world doesn't even need saving. Maybe it's perfect as it is. And I'm just not seeing it based off of my limited understanding of things. You know, we're, we're only seeing a glimpse of the total picture and, you know, maybe I'll die and realize all of duality needed to happen exactly as it did. However, I also believe we are God and goddess incarnated. And the fact that I can make a difference means I am going to without sacrificing my pure essence and nature as joy. Oh, I love that. When you speak, you have this way of just like pulling these words together. And it's like, when you speak, there's like this just yummy, delicious vibration that goes with it. I love, love chatting with you. Talk to us too, because you were really young when you decided to kind of pick up and move to, I believe, a different, like India and travel around and India is going through so much too. So if you want to speak to that, or if we want to take a moment of silence, or if you know of anything or any place we can donate to or what we can do. The question that I have in there though, is how did you have the courage to like kind of pick up and, and go on this quest? You know, there was no courage that was needed. It was just what I I needed to do. Like there was no question. In fact, like I didn't even think about what could happen to me on the other side. It was just like, you know, ever since I was a kid, I just knew this lifetime is about helping people. So I just always would look for whatever ways I could, which began local in my community and then eventually evolved into international ways. And now more of a, through raising consciousness, because I've realized that's what we need to, to solve more than anything. You know, I could, keep, you know, feed him, teach a man, feed a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. And I realized that even happens with consciousness of like, I could tell you, Hey, it's wrong to kill people. You're like, okay, yeah. Wrong to kill people. I could tell you, please don't put your plastic in the oceans. Okay. Don't put plastic in the oceans. I could tell you, Hey, don't abuse women. Okay. Don't abuse women. But at what point 
are you going to have to realize these things on your own? Like the fact that I have to keep telling you and creating this initiative to tell you about this one specific cause. It's like, if someone's consciousness has risen, they don't need to be continued to be educated on specific things. They will just, they will say, of course, I'm not going to litter into the ocean. The ocean is my blood. Of course, I'm not going to abuse my woman. The women are goddess. They are the portals of the divine. Of course, I'm not going to kill another because that other is myself. Like these, these things aren't even going to be questioned. So I realized, you know, from a young age, I, you know, just want to help in whatever way I could. And that was through nonprofit organizations, et cetera. But I realized that even these nonprofits are not, they're not creating the complete ripple effect that we need, right? Because they're just focusing on this one cause and then there's going to be another. So, you know, we've seen this past year all around the world, COVID has been the main, you know, cause, but but long before that there has been human trafficking, sex trafficking, child labor, you know, really, really dark issues that are still continuing to happen. In fact, have gotten much higher and are affecting more people than any COVID numbers really are, you know, being real, but people don't want to talk about that. People that's just too dark. It's like, it's not trending. It's just, no, we're, let's not think about that. So I think sometimes we like, see something is like a cause in the media and that becomes everyone's cause. And we're not educated about that thing. We don't have the solutions. We haven't thought it through. So we all start, you know, reposting and thinking like, oh, if I share on my stories, that must solve the problem. And it's like, you know, one cause may get 10,000 story reshares and $0 donated to it. And what's actually going to make a difference? You know, sometimes we share things in our stories to negate the responsibility we have of actually doing something about it. We think that's just enough. I'll pass it along to someone else to donate. I don't have the money for it. You know, what all causes need and ask anyone who's ever worked in an NGO is, is money, it's resources, you know? So choose the causes and fully donate to them, fully commit to them, volunteer for them, but don't think resharing on your story is actually doing anything. Don't think arguing on social media on a comment feed is actually doing anything. Cause guess what? No lawmaker is reading that and changing any laws based off of it. You know, we, we think that we're helping and it's a beautiful thing, but when we zoom out, we realize our, have we created any positive shifts from our story or in social media resharing? You know, we've maybe raised some, raised some money. I think that it can be a platform for that, or it can be a platform on, you know, raising awareness on specific causes, but we often aren't taking as much real life action as we could because we think that that social media resharing will cause someone else to take action. Got it. So when it comes to all of this, like how did you go deeper within yourself in order to work through that like saviorism piece, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Like take us kind of inward on how you did that work to come to that realization. Yeah. I think a lot of activists reach a period of burnout. Yeah. When you've done everything you can, you've given all your time, your resources, your energy, you've argued with so many people, you've just done everything you can. And then it's still not fixed. And you're like, I can't do this any longer. Like I, I, I can't go any further. And I'm not even seeing that my efforts have made any strides you know? So that causes you to start to rethink. And in my own journey, you know, 
working in, I was working in an immigrant and refugee rights association at the time. And then I started to go through my own health issues. So it, it manifested in terms of health. I was out of alignment with my Dharma. I was out of alignment with my gifts, my creativity, my communication, all of these gifts that I was born to share because I thought, you know, helping is to help in the specific way of working in an NGO. So my body manifested in dis-ease because I was out of harmony, dis-ease with my true alignment. So it manifested with hormonal issues, digestive problems, eventually going into perimenopause when I was 21 years old. So doctors telling me I would never be able to have children. I would be handicapped at a young age. So I couldn't even focus on saving the world anymore because I just needed to help myself. And now I can see that it was a gift, that it was a redirection because I needed to put that energy inwards. And I think so many of us, we want to change out there, but we don't want to change in here. So source had to redirect me to look at what is my relationship with my body and my health, et cetera. And then from that place of truly feeling in alignment within myself, I could move that expression outwards, but not to help, not to save them, to help them come back to their own truth. Mm. So many questions here. Which way do we want to go? This idea of savior comes from this idea of I know better than you know, and that's not true. Right. Well, what was coming to me, like, as you ended that last line of helping them come back to their selves is I think that the place that we are in the world right now is even if that's different from my opinions, my beliefs, where I'm at helping you come back to you could look completely different. And I have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that, you know, division comes from both sides. You know, like sometimes, especially when we go through, like I have these five stages of Dharma, but stage three is the spiritual awakening and it can create a lot of division. It can create this feeling of I am awake and you are asleep. So we need to wake up the sheeple, you know, and like this feeling that, yeah, we got to wake them up and they are separate from us, but we're all really one, you know, the person who believes in this voted that takes this in their body doesn't take, we're all one, you know, and until we see that we're going to keep on feeding that same division agenda that is being pushed upon us, whether it's from this side or the next side until we can move beyond that. So let's say somebody's listening right now, because I I don't know a lot about Ayurveda, but I know that you talk about it. I think that you've got books on it too. I'm so sorry. It's like not pulling up in my memory right here. But when somebody is struggling with their health and they're like, you know, Sahara, I'm right there with you. That's the point that I'm at. I'm struggling in my life. What is it? Talk to us about Ayurveda and like how you can go deeper within it to find that bodily healing. Mm. Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system, and it's the sister science of yoga based on the mind and body connection. So Ayurveda really is like a predecessor to yoga. Yoga means to yoke, to become one with spirit, universal source consciousness. But Ayurveda said, how can you become one with spirit when your stomach's out of whack and your back hurts and you're anxious and you have all of these mental and physical issues? So it's all about bringing your mind and body into balance. So it's no longer a problem for you and you can move beyond that. So in Ayurveda, you know, one of the main premises is understanding your dosha and the dosha is essentially the energy type or the mind body type. So for someone who wants to dive further into it, I would invite them to take 
either my dosha quiz or a dosha quiz out there. In my dosha quiz, I separate the results between the mind and body, and you can find it on my website, IamSaharaRose.com, to learn more about what your unique dosha is. And then there's going to be specific guidelines for you based off of what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind. So for example, someone that has a lot of air qualities, they're going to feel more anxious, you know, overwhelmed in their body. They're going to feel bloated, gas, constipation. Someone that has a lot of fire in their mind, they're going to feel hot-headed, anger, impatient in their body. They're going to feel heat, rashes, acidity, you know, just excess heat, Someone that has a lot of earth in their mind may feel a little bit lethargic, stuck, longing for the past, sedentary. And in the body, they may also feel heavy, dull, maybe craving a lot of comfort foods, not wanting to move and exercise. So the way that you're going to feed yourself, nourish nourish yourself, self-care practices, all of that is going to be unique to which dosha is out of balance. So do the doshas have anything to do too with like your earth, air, water sign? Like uh, in in Vedic astrology, yes. In Vedic astrology, which is the sister science also of Ayurveda, it's called Jyotish, which means science of the stars. You can see what your natural constitution, your prakriti is from your birth chart. Oh, interesting. Which is going to be different than in Western astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So... We've talked about so much. I'm wondering, you know, you've got this amazing book that's out. Um, You should definitely buy it. Tell everybody where they can get that and what you've got coming up. Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to start is on my website, IamSaharaRose.com. You'll find my book, Discover Your Dharma, there, and you could submit your receipt and you can get different bonuses for free, including my Discover Your Dharma meditation, embodiment practice, tapping, and so much more. And that is, and I also have a quiz you could take to learn more about your Dharma archetype, which are the nine archetypes related to your purpose. For example, some of them are teacher, entrepreneur, visionary, researcher or nurturer, activist, et cetera. So you can also find that on my website. It will give you a lot more information and clarity on who I am. And then also how is that related to my dosha, my mind body type. And you'll see that it's really all interconnected and you're designed in every way to be the expression of who you are. Oh, amazing. Sahar Rose, thank you so much for coming on the show today and just for, for being with us and sharing all of your divine wisdom. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Julie. It was an honor to be here today and so fun to chat about all the things. Beautiful souls, I'm so excited to announce that my book on angels and how they're working miracles in your life will be available on Amazon fall of 2021. If you're listening on or after fall of 2021, check it out. Friends, if you'd like to work with me each week, my angel membership program is perfect for you. You can join at any time and you get access to past courses. In 2021, I'll be teaching you about a new topic each month. We started the year in February with a course on oneness and raising your vibration. March is angel communication, how to hear your angels. April is trusting your intuition. May is knowing your soul's purpose. June is working with Archangel Raphael to learn self-energy healing techniques and Chakras 101. 
July is rewriting the stories you've been holding on to. August is all about rewiring your mind to move past blocks. September is energetically working through ancestral trauma. October is working with your inner child and Archangel Michael. November is a guide to being an empath. Then we're rounding out the year with a course in December that helps you connect with your loved ones on the other side to help you deepen your personal connection with them. And in January 2022, we'll be back with a whole new course on manifestation and co-creation. You get all of this live group access to me, two new pre-recorded Reiki healings, and advance notice to book a session with me when you're an angel member. Sign up for the angel membership anytime. If you're listening in 2022, please know that we're planning to add new content each month. For details and to sign up, view the show notes below. Friends, the only thing that's not included in the angel membership right now is the Angel Reiki School, where you learn to develop your unique spiritual gifts. Whereas the angel membership is about your awakening journey and your personal spiritual growth, the Angel Reiki School, on the other hand, certifies you as an Angel Reiki Master Teacher and teaches you the art of energy healing and bringing through messages for your clients. Friends, if you're feeling called to the Angel Reiki School, it's because the souls you're here to help on earth, well, they're omnipresent piece of them. You know, their higher selves on the other side. That's what's behind you, pushing you, fueling you to become who you're meant to be. Because when you do, they know your work will shift the trajectory of their life here. That's what I mean when I say you have big, big purpose in this lifetime. A new class of the Angel Reiki School starts on the first of each month. Speaking of the Angel Reiki School, we're going to need about 800 volunteers this year. We select volunteers from people who've written a five-star positive review and emailed us a copy. That way, we have a way of contacting you for your free volunteer session. Many of you have asked if I'm still booking sessions, and the answer to that is yes. I love, love, love my sessions with you. We have a new system where we send out an email once a month with a link to my calendar for you to book online. It's really easy. All you have to do is sign up to be on my email list on my website, theangelmedium.com. I've been spending a ton of time going live with you on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and I'm having a blast with it. Join me over on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new content, teaching videos, and actual video footage of these podcast episodes. Friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much for being part of this community and listening to this show. I truly feel that this is your show and the angel show, and I just feel so blessed to be a part of it. You're the most supportive community a podcaster could have. I pray for you every day. If you have a special prayer request, you can submit it through my website homepage and I'll be praying for you personally. 
Now for the oneness meditation, which is the last five minutes of every episode. And as you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. If you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you. But anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I want you to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. And up through those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy. It begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles. Feel this yummy, tingly energy as it moves up over your calves, your shins, all the way up to your knees. Feel this energy at your knees and allow it to move up the thighs, the hamstrings all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from the hips up to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. spaciousness. 
What I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease, it's grace. And God just sends this energy through the crown of your head. It moves through your head, down through your neck, down through your shoulders, and it starts to pull this God energy, starts to pull around your heart, within your heart. And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding you. surrounding you are one with all life here on earth, all plants, all people, all animals, all life on earth. And now notice how your heart, body, air surrounding you, all life here on earth are connected to everything everywhere. Friends, did you notice how your body got more expansive, your energy got more expansive, and you could feel out into your auric field, you could feel out into the energy of the world, into the energy of everything everywhere. Friends, that is oneness, and you can carry oneness with you stop here. I don't want you to open up your eyes. I want you to continue this meditation and to see that surrounding you are angels. You have guardian angels around you. You have cherub angels holding the space open for you to get into oneness at any time. You have archangels working with you in every area of your life. You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. All of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. Friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them. 
right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith, know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.